Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along, and if not, no problem, we'll put it all together for you. So let's get started. Today we are in Daniel, and we're starting chapter 8. And in chapter 8, we see Daniel has another dream, and it's another dream of prophecy. It's another dream that talks about world history. So let's jump right in, and let's see how Daniel's prophecy partially has already been fulfilled. We today can look back and see the prophecy written by Daniel was true and accurate up until a point, and now there's part of this prophecy that will... We'll be waiting to see what happens for us. So in chapter 8, verse 1, In the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar, so in other words, this is the third year. His looks like his other dream was in the second year. So in the third year, a vision appeared to me, Daniel. After that, which appeared to me at the first. Okay, so this is a dream after the first dream. And I saw in the vision, and when I saw, I was in Susa the citadel, which is in the province of Elam. And I saw in the vision, now Susa, I believe, was one of the um, the capital uh, cities um, of Media Persia. And so this was um, going to be in a Media Persia that was yet to take over Babylon. Because remember, um, Belshazzar is, um, has succeeded uh, his grandfather, King Nebuchadnezzar, again, the great king of Babylonia. So um, so now he's sort of in a dream that's going forward. He was in Susa, the citadel, the capital, which is in the province of Elam. And I saw in the vision, I was at the um, Ule Canal. And I raised my eye and saw, and behold, a ram standing on the bank of the canal. It had two horns, and both horns were high, but one was higher than the other, and the higher one came up last. Now, this ram was supposed to be uh, referencing, uh, as McGee says, uh, Media Persia. Okay, so that's the next kingdom that is going to be taken over, Babylon. Okay, so Media Persia is sort of like this um, um, coming together of these two big empires, the Median Empire, the Persian Empire. But in, in the end, the Persian Empire is going to sort of win out and sort of overwhelm the Median Empire. And that's why one of these ram's horns is bigger than the other one. And I saw, verse 4, the ram charging westward and northward and southward. 
Okay, so it's charging west, south, and north. Now, you notice it's not charging east. That's because it's already in the east. So it's charging towards the kingdom of Babylon. It's charging to the north, to the south, and to the west, right into Babylon. No beast could stand before him, and there was no one who could rescue from his power. He did as he pleased and became great. And I was considering, behold, a male goat came from the west across the face of the whole earth. Now, so in other words, Media Persia has just overcome Babylon, okay? This, um, this ram with two horns, okay? Now, in the west, this male goat comes, okay? Came from the west across the face of the whole earth without touching the ground. And it's kind of a reference to how fast this goat was moving. And the goat had a conspicuous horn between its eyes. And this conspicuous horn, this one-horned goat, this, this goat is supposed to be Greece. Now, this is another great empire. This is the third great world empire. Now, Greece is coming from the west. It's coming from Europe. And the one horn is a reference to the one great leader, Alexander the Great. He was young. He was powerful. And he moved his army faster than any army to date could move. He was so young and powerful, and he conquered all of the known world, even greater than Media Persia. Okay? And um, so let's see what it says. He came to the ram with the two horns. That's Media Persia, which I had seen standing on the bank of the canal. And he ran at him with his powerful wrath. Verse 7, I saw him come close to the ram, and he was enraged against him, and struck the ram, and broke his two horns. And the ram had no power to stand before him, but he cast him down to the ground and trampled him. And there was no one who could rescue the ram from his power. In other words, there's nobody that could save the media Persian empire from the power of Alexander the Great's army. Verse 8, then the goat became exceedingly great, okay? Alexander the Great was at the pinnacle of his power at age 33, believe it or not. But when he was strong, the great horn was broken, all right? So his strength wasn't broken when he became weak. His strength was broken when he was strong. And instead of it, there came up four conspicuous horns toward the four winds of heaven, okay? So that's a reference to... After Alexander the Great died, and he apparently died um, after sort of a drunken party when he was in Babylon. And so his kingdom was separated amongst his four generals. Okay, so the big horn on this goat was then after the big horn the uh, four other horns came up, and those were the four generals of Alexander the Great. Verse 9, Out of one of them came a little horn, <clears throat> which grew exceedingly great <clears throat> toward the south, toward the east, and toward the glorious land. The glorious land is a reference, I believe, is, um, and I think McGee points out, is Israel. So this little horn was against the glorious land, against Israel. Verse 10, it grew great, even to the host of heaven. And some of the host and some of the stars threw it down to the ground and trampled on them. Verse 11, it became great, even as great as the prince of the host. 
Now, the prince of the host might be a reference towards God, like they're, they're artificially raising this power of this little horn. And the regular burnt offering was taken away from him, and the place of his sanctuary was overthrown. And a host will be given over to it together with the regular burnt offering because of transgression. And it will throw truth to the ground, and it will act and prosper. In other words, this little horn is taking the place of the worship that belongs to God. And it's um, trying to insert himself, insert this kingdom above God. Verse 13. Then I heard a holy one speaking, and another holy one said to the one who spoke, For how long is the vision concerning the regular burnt offering, the transgression that makes desolate, and giving over of the sanctuary and host to the trampled underfoot? And he said to me, For 2,300 evenings and mornings, then the sanctuary will be restored to its rightful state. So we get this picture of this this um ram with two horns being defeated by this goat with one big horn then four horns come on this goat and then one little horn comes on this goat and then this little horn tries to raise himself up and then he's allowed to be risen up and take the place of the glory of God for 2,300 evenings and mornings. Perhaps that's a, a reference to maybe a little over six years period of time. So we're going to have to wait until next time. McGee lives us right here until we find out the interpretation of this second dream of Daniel. What amazing prophecy so far. And how accurate it describes what happens in human history. And it's just amazing for us to realize that it, it shows that God is sovereign over all human history in the past. He is sovereign over what's going on today. And it shows us that he is going to be sovereign over what happens in human history to come. So for me to all of you, we'll end here. I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, take it away. Hello, so today's teaching is coming from Daniel chapter 8, beginning at verse 1 all the way to verse 13. So here in this chapter, we have the vision of the ram and the male goat or the he goats. So verse 1 of Daniel chapter 8 reads, In the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar, a vision appeared to me, to me, Daniel, after the one that appeared to me the first time so here we have you know the time and place of the vision is already established and this is the third year of um, the reign of Belshazzar and it places the vision towards the end of the Babylonian Empire because Belshazzar was the last king of Babylon before it was besieged by Darius so um, chapter 7, you know, it was given in the first year of Belshazzar's rule, uh, the vision that uh, Daniel had 
And then um, verse 2 of chapter 8 goes on to read, I saw in the vision and it so happened while I was looking that I was in Shushan, the citadel, which is in the province of Elam. And I saw in the vision that I was by the river Ulai. So here now, um, you know, in the vision, Daniel finds himself at Shushan. So Shushan is also known as Susan, the capital of Media Persia. So, um, you know, the Second World Empire, like that was the Second World Empire, um, the, the, the capital Susan uh, or Shushan. And um, he was in the... You know he was in this particular uh, in this particular place, and um, you know he was in the palace um, of um, you know he was in the palace of the for- like the fortress and uh, you know and Eula is the is the um, Kirkal River which flowed by Susan and the reason for the setting of the um, vision being at Susan rather than Babylon is that the vision um, concerns the second and the third world empires and events told of this vision were all fulfilled within um, 200 years. So now I'll read verse 3 of Daniel chapter 8. It reads, Then I lifted my eyes and saw and there standing beside the river was a ram which had two horns and the two horns were high but one was higher than the other and the higher one came up last so here we have you know now the vision so the ram had two horns so that's media it represents media persia and the horn that came up last was higher than the other so you know the median came up first um and um Darius, the Median general, destroyed Babylon, you know, during the drunken, you know, drinking orgy of, um, of um, Belshazzar. And then later Persia monarchs gained, you know, ascendancy over Median and, it's, and they took the kingdom to its heights. So the ram had two horns, one higher than the other. Um, you know, this is the Media Persia Empire with Persians being, you know, in ascendancy. Verse 4 goes on to read, I saw the ram pushing westward, northward, and southward so that no animal could withstand him, nor was there any that could deliver from his hand, but he did according to his will and became great. So the ram pushed west, north, and south, and not east. Reason why is because east is where they were. They were like in the east and the Persian empire was moving in every direction and projecting this empire. And, you know, this was the bear in chapter seven, that vision that Daniel had of the four beasts. So this was the vision in chapter seven. And it was at the door of civilization when the Persian empire was pushing then the civilization then. And now um, it's a ram that's put before us because it serves that particular purpose so verse 5 goes on to read um, and as I was considering 
suddenly a male goat came from the west across the surface of the whole earth without touching the ground and the goat had a notable horn between its eyes so here we now have the other side of the vision which is this particular rough goat with one dominant horn and it destroys the ram so the goats the he goat came from the west and that's from europe so the goat represents greece and this represents the the brass actually uh, and and in daniel's vision it represents the leopard with the four wings um and this can actually um it's stated in verse 21 of chapter 8 and let me just go there and it reads and the male goat is the kingdom of greece the large horn that is between its eyes is the first king so here you know scripture has stated that um the the goat represents the greece the nation the greek nation and then uh, Persia actually attempted to move into the west under Xerxes. But out of the west comes the goat moving so fast that it doesn't even touch the ground. And this speaks of the third beast. And that's the leopard with the four wings. Um, and, you know, this, this king, the dominant horn is Alexander the Great. So, um, you know, it doesn't touch the ground. You know, the leopard with the four wings, that's um, the vision that... Um, uh, Daniel had and then verse 6 goes on to read then he came to the ram that had two horns which I had seen standing beside the river and ran at him with furious power verse 7 and I saw him confronting the ram um, he was moved with rage or hate against him attacked the ram and broke his two horns there was no power in the ram to withstand him, but he cast him down to the ground and trampled him, and there was no one that could deliver the ram from his hand. So now here, Xerxes, you know, he was the one that led this army. Um, he, he, he led this um, army west, right? Um, so Xerxes was the last ruler of the Media Persia Empire and he made a foray against Greece and he was moving, you know, 300 men with their families. That's like a lot of people to actually move. And the Greek soldiers, you know, they waited. They didn't follow them like they didn't follow uh, the Media Persia army. They waited for them to get until they got to um, Thermopylae. You know, there was a narrow pass uh, that, um, you know. A big army wouldn't actually pass so they were like passing through like um in in like in um in sets in numbers like in smaller numbers and um and because they would not fit and the greek soldiers were actually just waiting for them because the greek soldiers were well trained and disciplined as compared to the media persia army so the greeks were able to actually get victory and you know this is where they got their ships and all and you know at salamis the fleet of Xerxes was actually destroyed by a storm and 300 um, by a storm and 300 vessels. And, you know, this was the last effort that the East actually made to move towards the West. And here, like in, in, in history books, you know, it's, it's been recorded that Xerxes was so mad that he took off his belt and beat up the waves when he heard that his fleet had actually been destroyed. This is another psychotic you know, world ruler. So verse 8 um, goes on to read, Therefore the male goat grew 
very great, but when he became strong, the large horn was broken and it and in place of it four notable ones came up towards the four winds of heaven. So here now the horn was broken and you know what actually broke the horn? You know, as you know, there was actually no power that would break the horn. You know, Alexander was you know, he was a great world leader and he moved with so much power and speed. He moved his army with so much power and speed. And what could actually break the, the, the horn? Um, you know, it's, um, you know, when he came to power, the whole world was under his heel then, like the known world then. Um, and the whole world was under the heel of Alexander the Great. And Alexander the Great was actually, um, history states, he was, he was seized, he, he was seized by a fever uh, one night in Babylon after, you know, a drinking you know a drinking spree uh he drank the whole night because he was a drunkard and he died in 323 bc at you know a very tender age at a young age actually at the age of 33 years old and the great horn was broken so babylon media persia graco macedonia all three king you know great world empires went down due to drinking if you just read history, you know, drink was what was the determining factor of how these kingdoms went down. And alcohol destroys nations and it's destroyed nations in the past. And, you know, it's worrying to actually have decision makers in government, you know, make decisions over cocktail parties, you know, that they actually have. You know, these people are being, you know, um, are under the influence and, you know, they're making all these decisions um, for the betterment of the country over a cocktail. And, you know, this is what has brought great nations down. So when Alexander the Great went out, his empire was divided amongst four men. And these are the horns that uh, have come up, the four notables, four men. And these were generals. And that was Cassandra, who was married to Alexander's sister. So he took Europe. So that was Macedonia and Greece. And then there's Lysimachus, who took Asia Minor. That was the greater part of the modern Turkey. And then there's Seleucus who took Asia and all the eastern part of Alexander's empire. Uh, but he didn't take Egypt. And then there's Polemic, who took Egypt and North Africa. So here now, uh, verse 9 goes on to read, and out, of, and out of one of them came the little horn, which grew exceedingly great towards the south, towards the east, and towards the glorious land. And the glorious land here is Israel. So here now... Um, you know, this was uh, the uh, Seleucidae monarchy um, that actually went, um, that grew actually, um, you know, greater than these four. And they, you know, the, the Seleucidae monarchy took Syria and he attempted to take the land of Israel. And the little horn mentioned here um, is Antiochus. Yeah, the Antiochus, actually, the fourth um, Epiphanes, who was the son of Antiochus the Great. And sometimes he's called uh, Epimones. So that's the madman. Um, so that was under the Seleucidae monarchy. And there came, he came to the throne in 127 BC and made his attack against Jerusalem. And it was against him that the book of the Maccabees, um, that the Maccabees were actually raised up and, you know, anti-Semitism, this man was like just anti-Jew, anti-Semitism was at the core and heart of this man. So he placed an image of Jupiter in the holy place and 
that was the first abomination of desolation because he took like a pig a swine and boiled um and boiled the pig and took the broth and put it in all the holy vessels so <clears throat> verse 10 of um chapter 8 goes on to read and it grew up to host to the host of heaven and it cast down some of the hosts and some of the stars to the ground and trampled them so here you know dr jay mcgee said the statement is um difficult to actually interpret interpret and he gave his opinion and he says you know um, antiochus challenged god uh you know like the interpretation of this particular verse he challenged god like in simpler terms and he was permitted to actually capture jerusalem and the temple and for this reason there was a spiritual warfare you know there was uh demonic and heavenly power was actually involved and you know we don't know a lot there's like there's a lot of mystery we don't know about um uh what's in the bible and it's yet to be revealed you know there's mysteries that are not yet revealed because obviously uh we're at the stage where we can't comprehend everything verse 11 goes on to read he even exalted himself as high as the prince of the host and by him the daily sacrifices were taken away and the place of his sanctuary was cast down so you know he was a devotee of jupiter and he chose for himself the title theosophomis oh i think i'm i don't know if i'm reading that correct and it means god manifest verse 12 goes on to read um because of transgression an army was given over to the horn to oppose the daily sacrifices and he cast truth down to the ground and he did all this and prospered so here you know he was you know um you know it was by the permissive will of god that this horn actually uh, practiced and prospered during this particular period and um verse 13 goes on to read then i heard a holy one speaking and the, another holy one said to that certain one who was speaking how long will the vision be concerning the daily sacrifices and the transgression of desolation the giving of both sanctuary and host to be trampled up foot so this these were like god's redeemed intelligence creatures and you know they were now asking how long is this blasphemy going to last so yeah um most of this prophecy has actually been fulfilled and some of it um is prophecy that's um you know into you know the distant future because uh, uh like it, it's it's talking about the local um situation then uh but it also pertains to the um distant future of what will happen so yeah this is today's teaching it's been like a great uh prophetic and historic uh lesson uh thank you all for listening in god bless and have a pleasant friday bye bye